Welcome everyone to the social van Feeling Kyle sick of the bullshit So here they are, represent plus Ready to turn every podcast to dust So sit down and shut the fuck up Cause when and now, fuck your couch Welcome everybody to the social van Yeah Couch for their space, you know well, I got the phone. I got the recorder. Yeah. <laughs> we have a... Well, I guess I don't have a thing for us to sit it on. Well... You don't have a stand? I mean, I have the, the picture... Uh, or the tripod. <laughs> I don't think that'll work, though. Eh. Wait, you gave me that clippy thingy, huh? Oh, did you not give it back yet? I don't think you gave it back yet. No, I thought we just used it here. I don't remember you taking it. Hmm. I don't have to look for it. Oh, well. Oh, we're already like 30 minutes, 30 seconds. 30 in. minutes. 30 we minutes. were recording all the way from work here, and you're just like, ah, oh, well, you know, we got to make it 35 minutes. I'm just going to start right now. <laughs> oh, ladies and gentlemen, this is KMB, the sexy ninja, and I have a special guest. Hey, guys, I'm Flix. How you doing, Flix? I'm, I'm doing okay. It's a, it's a nice day. <laughs> yeah, it's hot. Yeah. It's a hot day. Like, I, I feel like people in Phoenix might be saying something different. They might just be like, oh, it's an okay day up there in Flagstaff. Yeah, on those triple digits. That's why I'm, I don't want to ever move down there. Yep. Yeah, but um, no uh, Big Daddy, no uh, Jimbo. Uh, Big Daddy's doing some overnights at his job. It's basically, you know, overnights is a, a tough thing. Hmm. Have you ever done overnights? Yeah, yeah, you've done overnights. Yeah. A while. yeah, yeah, a long time ago, I did overnights. I, I did it in the dead of winter, and I had to bike over there, and it was on the other side of town. So, it, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I, I take no excuses from him on anything on that. <laughs> <laughs> now it's a it's a game changer to your body, especially you know that's why you know people that uh, I work for and people who want to do overnights. I'm like, you gotta. Change your your style of sleeping and stuff like that. I go, it's it's a big change to your body, and when you try to sleep during the day, it's <laughs> body just not used to it. Like that's not something most people get used to. They don't go, oh, the sun is coming up. Let me go to sleep. Like yeah. it's the opposite. It's oh, the sun's coming up. I need to be awake. Which I know some people that do their overnights where they're just like, when they get home is when they have their day. They get home at like seven eight a.m. Mm-hmm. They go to bed at like noon. To be up at 8. And I'm like, I, I would just want to immediately go to bed when I go home. I used to immediately go to bed when I go from home from that thing. So, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's crazy. I tried overnights once. Uh, my one overnight I did for like a month. <laughs> I went to work at 9 a.m., got off at 6 p.m., went to work at 9 p.m., got home by 6 a.m., and did that Monday through Friday. Got sick as a dog. At the end of that month. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, and that's if you're if you're doing overnight, you got to take better care of yourself. So yeah, and I like I tried to sleep in between those hours, you know, and the sun is right on you. You basically have to darken out your room just mm-hmm. to get that vibe of like, okay, it's nighttime. It, yeah. For me, it's nighttime. And I put I put like a shirt or something over my face just so I you know don't see anything. Just like put it around your eyes like a, a blindfold. 
Never bought a night mask? I bought a night mask. No. Well, that's, I mean, no. <laughs> I was like, I'm working overnights. I don't want to spend money on stupid things that I don't need. I just take a t-shirt and like literally sometimes you'd be like, come home, take the shirt off from work and just put it across my face and just fall asleep like that. Well, would you judge me if I told you I had a Batman night mask? No, I wouldn't be surprised if you had a Batman night mask. <laughs> I'd be more surprised if you didn't. Yeah. <laughs> um... Yeah, the thing had little white eyes too. Like, <laughs> so I was always the Batman. Sure. <laughs> I feel like that's probably what Bruce Wayne has when he sleeps too. <laughs> Alfred just looks at him, just like, just, uh, get it, you're Batman. <laughs> probably licensed officially by Wayne Tech too. <laughs> Wonder who Batman is? Oh, look. <laughs> yeah, we've been making these the single like night. Our um, night mask that has Batman stuff all over it, and it costs three billion dollars to make. And it's for like I don't know who it's for though. We just made it here one time. It must be for some random guy. Lucius, who made this night mask? Why is it three billion dollars? You have no idea where we got that stuff from. Yeah, don't ask. <laughs> Uh, Wayne comes in. What's going on, guys? Night mask? What? N- what night mask? <laughs> it's made of authentic bat. Because <laughs> you know, yeah, it, it's funny that like I wouldn't be surprised if half the stuff in in Batman's uh, home was layered in bat skin. Because you know he absolutely like is terrified of bats. Maybe so. it was that big gigantic bat he saw in BVS. <laughs> <laughs> the pretty much the man bat. What he would have looked like if they put him in the DCU? Yeah. Yeah, I still found that strange. The entire movie was strange. I went back and re- uh, re-listened to our commentary on uh, BBS, mm. and <laughs> the 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 that part popped in my head. I'm like, wait, yeah, and the, wait, there's blood coming out of the <laughs> the wall. He's having a dream. Oh, <laughs> it's a big bat. <laughs> yeah. Uh, mm. But there's something I wanted to talk to you about today. Yeah. Big news for the week, because, you know, we're both wrestling nerds. <laughs> uh, Eric Bischoff and Paul Heyman are executive directors. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul gets Raw. Uh, Eric Bischoff gets SmackDown. Yes, the other one. Yes. <laughs> well, I was trying to think. There's 205 Live, too, you know. Yeah, isn't that Paul Heyman? Oh, no, it's not. I was going to say, isn't that... Uh... NXT belongs to Triple H, too. Well, I was... Speaking of Triple H, I was thinking about it. Isn't that kind of like a fuck you to Triple H? Probably not. Because Triple H already has NXT. And given like 20 years when uh, Vince McMahon finally passes and Shane McMahon gets booted from the company again, it's going to be, you know, it's going to all be left to Stephanie. And she's going to be like, yeah, Hunter, take it all. And he's going to be like, okay, I'm going to fix all of this. But now it's going to be better because it's not going to be Vince's hand. It's going to be actual competent people's hands. In Eric Bischoff and Paul Heyman, because Paul Heyman used to run, was it was it ECW? Yeah, yeah, and I mean, yeah, ECW came to the ground, but it wasn't because of the writing; it was because of the WWE. And WCW was also that's something that Eric Bischoff worked for, wasn't it? Yes, and they did really well too until the WWE came in and just crushed them. Had nothing to do with what they were doing; they were telling really good stories. And I think there was a streak where, like, WCW was just crushing For 83 weeks. Yeah, for, like, 80, yeah, 83 weeks, like you're saying. And 
that's on the back of Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff. So I feel like what they're doing now is like a smart choice. See, when I first read the news, mm-hmm. like because I didn't actually like, read through it originally, I thought it was that they were bringing on Eric Bischoff and Paul Heyman as talent. Well, yeah, as like director of operations, like Kane was or McFoley or all that stuff. And, and then I was like, oh no, they're behind the scene. I'm like, okay, thank you, because I thought it was just going to be like another nostalgia thing. Well, the the thing, I, the first thing I thought was that too. I was like. All right, is it, are they going to be on TV? Then I looked, they're like, no, they're headed creative. And I was like, oh, goodness. Oh, okay. I mean, they still, the worst thing is they still have to go through Vince. And I, I feel like with those two with those two people specifically, they shouldn't have to go through Vince. Like, maybe go through Triple H. And then, like, if it's something that he's not sure about, they have to go through Vince. But Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff understand what made wrestling entertaining. Where... Vince McMahon understood what made wrestling profitable. So letting the people who make it entertaining take the front running, they can make it in an age where WWE's profitability is kind of negligible to a point because they know they're going to sell a lot of their shows. They know they're going to have a lot of talent on there. But knowing that those people are behind is going to both boost the entertainment and the, um, the amount of money they make. So I feel like this is something that could have happened a long time ago and it would have been great. I think moving forward, if they're going to be in charge, the hurdle is always going to be Vince, though. That's what sucks. Is It sucks. It's like everything comes down to him. Well, and that's, that's the thing that's terrible is I think in, what, 15 years when he passes, 20 years when he passes, wrestling is going to improve as a whole. It's nothing against him. It's that since, you know, since the 1980s, he hasn't evolved as a person, like, the best thing that Vince McMahon has done for wrestling in the past 20 years was the character of Vince McMahon. Everything else he's done has been kind of a detriment to it. Like his like it's it's so great that now that he's not like been a vice on there, the women's division has just exploded. I used to remember when we used to watch wrestling together, it would be like, "Oh, women's matches on piss break." <laughs> and you're like, "Okay, hey, I don't care to watch this." And now it's kind of like, "Okay, like two of the most impressive wrestlers are Charlotte Flair and Becky Lynch." Like and you can't take anything away from the old matches at the beginning of the women's revolution, which I think was something stupid, sort of. But, you know, Sasha Banks is an amazing wrestler, although she's... Hmm. Yeah, I was going to say, I was like, wow, that's but, a really good example for you but, to bring up. But here's the thing, is that Vince McMahon has driven away some of his talent. Mm-hmm. You know... Um, John Moxley, yeah, a.k.a. John Dean Moxley. Ambrose. John Moxley, and then you have Sasha Banks. You have, like, Cody Rhodes. Rhodes. Yeah. Or Cody. He's Cody. He Just can't Cody. Use Cody Rhodes. Just Cody. It's funny when you can't use your actual name. I know, right? right? <laughs> but either way. Um, and um, Dustin Rhodes, you know. Now he's, you know, and what's really cool is like he can use Dustin Rhodes. Just because he never um, used Yeah, Gold he was Goldust. <laughs> and we saw the match at AEW, mm-hmm. and it was awesome. He it bled was, like a stuffed pig. It, yeah, but. It, was, it was a little gratuitous, I have to say. And like every time I think about that match, I'm just like, he, he bled way more than was necessary to make this match awesome. Don't get me wrong. I respect the hell out of the guy, but a little less blood might have been, because that mat was just... Oh, my uh, God. He was, and Cody was, like, tinted pink. <laughs> he uh, was talking about it in an interview. Uh, he was just like, yeah, 
cut the wrong, cut something wrong on my head because he, he did a blade job. <laughs> he goes, I cut something. He goes, all of a sudden, I could barely see. He goes, I don't know what I did. He goes, but that was my fault. He goes, <laughs> he goes I cut something in my head that just went. <laughs> but it, it was still a great match. And But that's the thing is that they're, they're driving away talent. And with AEW coming in, I feel like this is a desperation play by Vince to finally be like, okay, I understand that AEW is making correct creative moves in what they're doing. We need to match it. And I think he's finally starting to understand that he's not as in sync with today's wrestling as he thinks he is. Or as he thought he was. Because giving this over to Eric Bischoff and Paul Heyman... Paul, I mean, don't get me wrong. Both these guys were really relevant during the Attitude Era of the WWE. Like, but... That doesn't mean that they don't understand what things do. Because Paul Heyman is one of the best promoters in the WWE. Like, he, with Brock Lesnar, made a person who could not talk on the mic without everybody laughing at him, pretty much, into a force. And I think the worst thing they did with Paul Heyman was put him with CM Punk. (laughs) Oh, man, that was so stupid. I remember, like, me and you were like, wait, why? Yeah, because, I mean... Both of those people are amazingly charismatic with the crowd and their ability to speak and their ability to produce heat, but you don't put them together because CM Punk does it all for himself. He didn't need... The point of the manager is he's the voice piece, like, to a Brock who needs the voice, Mm -hmm. you know, because Brock is, like, we've heard Brock talk on the mic. (laughs) But, I mean, that's another person Paul Heyman could be with would be someone like Braun Strowman. Who, Braun Strowman is a good force, but he doesn't talk well. Um, but I, with the I, with these move with these changes, I'm sorry. Um, with these changes, uh, I'm seeing something. I actually watched the pay per view, uh, Stomping Grounds. <laughs> I was trying to think of the name. I was like, I know it's something. I skipped it on purpose. <laughs> it was okay. It was an okay show. What I really liked about it was. It was match, 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 no real filler, mm-hmm. you know. And it was, it was like I was. I looked at the time; it was not even three hours yet. And I was like, "Wait, we we got like one more match left." And I was like, "Good, good." I don't. We don't. Remember, what what pay per view is it? Was it Royal Rumble? Where like it's still it was like seven hours, <laughs> but it's because we were an idiot and decided to watch the worthless pre show, which that's something that they have. That I'm just like, I don't think you guys need the pre show anymore. You guys need to just have your content and start earlier because you guys are making these shows longer and longer. And the pre-show is like two hours to a five-hour pay-per-view. Kickoff show. Whatever. (laughs) The pre-show actually comes before the... No. Did they used to call it the pre-show and then... And then it changes to the kickoff. Um, No, what made me sad is the Cruiserweight uh, triple threat was in the kickoff show. That match was so good, it should have been on the card. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, that's what I'm saying, though. It's a waste if you're just going to, like, because I feel like the reason they do it is so they have something on USA. Like, because that's what, what I I don't know if it is anymore. So it used to be is they'd show the the kickoff show on the USA network. Remember when they had Sunday Night Heat? That was a long-ass time ago. (laughs) Um, But no, uh, what I I was going to say prior to this, though, was CM Punk's another great example of someone who's driven away from the company. Like, we're talking about, like, terrible decisions for characters. CM Punk. And... I feel like with Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff, they might be able to get either some of that talent back or replace them with something actually worthwhile. Because 
you know, they're, the WWE is so dependent on nostalgia, which was why when I first heard this news, I thought they were actually coming to the Beyond On Air personalities again. But the WWE is so stuck with nostalgia, it doesn't allow things to move forward, which is what things like New Japan, AEW, and even Lucha Underground try to do is move things forward, not wallow in what was. Like, oh, we had a Hulk Hogan. We have an old... You know those things you love. This is why you love us, mm-hmm. you know? No, and I mean, a good thing, a good example of that we were just talking about before we were recording is The Undertaker is still wrestling. <clears throat> Dude, when he came back, I was like, why? That's, that's the last three times he's come back. I've just been like, why? I was like, I love you, but... You you need to stop. No, like I mean, it's like Ric Flair's last couple of matches. And don't get me wrong, WrestleMania 24... Okay, let me rephrase that. The first time Ric Flair retired, <laughs> his last couple of matches, like the one at WrestleMania 24, that one specifically was great. But then you had the Royal Rumble right before that, where he faced MVP, and you're like... Oh, yeah. This, this match doesn't need to happen, guys. Like, I know that at this point in time, it was building up to... Um, Vince McMahon had made that threat where he's like, the next match you lose, you're fired. Or you have to retire. And I'm just like, he should have retired like five years ago at yeah. this point in time. And then what's crazy is like right after that, he did the Hall of Fame and wrestled his match, went out on his back. Then he started taking bookings that he yeah, ended up like in TNA. TNA yeah. <laughs> it's like, like six months later, he was back in TNA. Wrestling. Like, guy, like, dude, honestly, like, and it's it's... The problem with most of them, and I don't think this is the problem with The Undertaker, but the problem with Ric Flair was financial issues. Like, Ric Flair was never very good with money as far as how he used it. No, he, he spent more than he made. Yeah. Because he, he had to live up to the styling and profiling. Mm-hmm. My watch is more than your house. My shoes cost more than your car, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but then um, with The Undertaker, I, I don't think The Undertaker's strapped for money. I think The Undertaker is just kind of like... He feels so indebted to Vince that Vince is just like, Mark, can you come back? I mean, I need hip surgery. Can you come back and wrestle Roman in the uh, main event of WrestleMania? Again, I need hip surgery. I'll pay for it. I'll pay for it after. Okay. Like, <laughs> like I'm going to get the hip surgery first, though? No, you'll get it after. Uh, okay. I don't know why I've always had this scenario in my head every time Vince came around or called. Uh, Taker is like working on those miniature houses and he's like slowly putting like something on the house you know like a roof on the house or whatnot. and all of a sudden his wife's like hey Mark Vince's on the phone ah is, dro- that, is that Michelle McCool yeah Michelle McCool Michelle McCool he like he's just barely put in there he's like, it's gonna be perfect it's gonna be Vince is calling what no <laughs> see I think it better in my mind to think he's putting a little mausoleum together like a little graveyard <laughs> and he's just setting it together he's like yeah Vince is <sighs> Breaks it, throws it against the wall. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he needs to run for a mayor so that Vince won't bother him anymore. <laughs> well, the best thing about uh, Glenn is he's still working the cane gimmick. He choke slammed like somebody through a table. But but imagine imagine if that's why uh, Undertaker is still doing it. Is he goes, Vince? I know you technically own my gimmick, but if I keep doing this for you, I'm going to get my gimmick back and use it to run for uh, mayor of Nevada. Or Senator of Nevada. Imagine him just like chokeslamming someone or tombstoning someone through one of the Senate desks. That'd be awesome. And you know, what's so crazy too is like uh, um, with with Taker is he was at a point to where he like washed all the WWE stuff off. Um, 
and he's bookings at blah 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 taker.com or whatnot. Like he had his own like he took everything WWE off his social media. Then he was booked for um it wasn't AEW yet, but it was the first one. All out. Uh was it all out? Or all in, all in. And they had Starcast. He was booked to be there at Starcast. Vince heard about that. Oh, he was like, hey, hey, Mark, 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 hello, the checkbook. What do I got to give you, buddy? You know, then he pulled out. He pulled out a StarCast. And Ric Flair pulled out a StarCast, too. But truthfully, probably for the better for AEW. Because, like I'm saying, these guys are old. I love watching classic Undertaker. Like, you know Undertaker's Mm -hmm. my favorite wrestler to watch. He's a jam. But I can't, I like, after WrestleMania 31, I can't stand to watch his stuff anymore. Just... Just because it's almost cringeworthy when you're watching an old man wrestling like that. It's, you know, it's like, it's the Ric Flair problem for me where it's, he, he should have retired, losing at 30, fine, should have retired right then and there. And yet you've kept him back for like five more years of things just like declining rapidly. And the peak of that was WrestleMania 32. That was the worst match I've ever seen him part of, except for maybe WrestleMania 3. But we don't like talking about WrestleMania I was going to say, I was like, which WrestleMania was it? He was dead. Like, remember they killed The Undertaker? Oh, uh, that might have been WrestleMania. I think WrestleMania 10 was Taker versus Taker. Yeah. Well, there's a mania he missed. Oh. Because he was dead. They, they, they uh, that might have been 19. Because I think in 20 was the one where he arose to fight uh, Kane. Like, the, you know, he's back from the dead and he fights Kane. No, that's not that was, it. No, it? that's when the biker, that's yeah, when that's the when biker taker died. died. No, there was another thing. It was in the early 90s. It was a WrestleMania he did miss because in the storyline, he was dead. Yeah. And actually, I don't think it was WrestleMania 3. It's his third match of the streak that I'm talking about that we don't talk about. But no, it wasn't. There's a mania he missed. I know there was one that he missed because well, yeah, in the storyline he was dead. Well, yeah, well, he's missed two manias in the time of his streak, at least. Um, one of them was, uh, I think he tore something uh, prior to that, and the other one was a broken something. Like, but that's he doesn't. Ha- he never had the active, the longest active streak for WrestleMania. I think that went to. Uh, well, I remember when the streak Kevin, became a thing. Like yeah. I, I was just like I was like oh then it became special then that wasn't until like his ninth match that yeah. was when he was facing Kane I think yeah well, like his first time facing Kane because when he faced Psycho Sid nobody really cared that was just the main event when he faced Giant Gonzalez nobody cared <laughs> oh my god Giant Gonzalez <laughs> that's his third match that's the one that doesn't matter the one where he got chloroformed mid match and then it's like oh Giant Gonzalez wins oh wait he chloroformed the Undertaker he's disqualified so you're just like okay so. Like, they didn't know the streak was going to be a thing now, so they have, like, this weird little smudge on that for his third WrestleMania match. Then they smudge it more by saying, Brock's going to beat him at 30, and by the way, we're going to smudge it more, he's going to wrestle Bray at the next year's WrestleMania. Well, and it's, I mean, I think some of his best matches were the later ones, like his Shawn Michael matches and Triple H matches. Oh my goodness. Those are crazy good, like, and it's, he was older at that point in time, don't get me wrong, like, compared to a lot of the other wrestlers. And he was one of those, he was the gimmick that drove a lot of people to go watch a lot of the things. But then we shifted over to... Well, we just needed him to keep coming back to WrestleManias because he's, you know, he's more Mr. Wrestle- Mr. WrestleMania than Shawn Michaels is at that point in time. Because he missed this year's though, right? 
Yeah. He, yeah. he was last year's when he beat up John Cena for five minutes for no reason. And John Cena did show up at this WrestleMania as uh, the Dr. Thugonomics. That was actually pretty fun, too. That was. But it's that's that's what I'm talking about, about the nostalgia and the stuck in the past the WWE is. Where I feel like that was just a fun little thing that John Cena wanted to do. That's fine. But that kind of encapsulates when something happens and they decide to go, oh, we want we want these old classic wrestlers back before they die. Like that was that's what happened with flipping um uh Wow, I can only think of Ronda Rousey. It's Roddy Piper. Jeez. Well they go hand in hand. They do. Well he he gave his gimmick to her pretty much. But it was one of those he knew he wasn't gonna live long, but he still needed the money, so Vince was like let him come back to work. Like it's it's stupid how much Vince is making some of the older wrestlers dependent on him. So we have things like Legends House. We have I wish we had another season of that. They only did the one off. But it's still like those things exist because people are going, Oh, I remember these people and the WBE's going like, We're gonna make all the money off your nostalgia that we can and that's holy foley, that's Pretty much every show they had on the WWE Network. Well, what's so funny is like, don't get me wrong, with nostalgia. I love Mick Foley. I, I love him to death. Kind of tired of hearing about the Hell in the Cell I, <laughs> match I mean, at this point. Like, like, when I saw him live do his comedy show, and I was just like, oh, this is awesome. Then they did the whole anniversary of this, like, link last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, I've heard this all before. I like I, I've heard all like everything you can think of. I have heard yep. the stories ten times over. Well, see, you know what's funny is the only person I've never heard the stories about that match from are the Undertaker. I've heard them from Volley. I've heard them from Jim Ross, but I've never heard the Undertaker talk about that match. Well, he's, he was very he's very quiet. I think he was, I think he's writing a book. He might, but but what I'm saying though is like there's no words in the book. <laughs> it's just blank. <laughs> It's just pictures of a tombstone that you just flip through and a hand just starts coming out of the grave. The end. The end. Finn. Yeah. Um, Best $30 I've ever spent. Um, but it's still, it's it's sad to watch the, like, this is one of the reasons I'm not as up on the WWE as I used to be, is I can't stand to watch some of the stuff they do with, especially with the older talent. And then what they're doing with the new talent is either trying to emulate the older talent, which is stupid, or they're trying to, like, or if someone tries something new and original, they're made fun of for it. Mm. You know one of my favorite gimmicks that got, like, it got some some good, um, not heat, got some good pop for a long time, and then it just almost instantly died, was Damian Sandow. When he was doing um, Mizdow. Yeah. And then he went to being... Um, uh, what was the one he did with Kurt Axel? Where it was the Mega Powers? Oh, yeah. Where he was playing as being yeah, Hulk yeah, yeah. Hogan. Or not Hulk Hogan. He was being Macho, Macho Man. Mandow. Yeah. And I loved that. And then suddenly he's just gone. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, what the hell? And then what they did with Cody, when Cody was finally starting to be, like, well... Well, like in WWE, they turned him Stardust. So, like, oh, he's pretty much just going to copy his brother. But be more crazy. And then Bray Wyatt's just supposed to be a modern-day emulation of The Undertaker. And, um... My favorite gimmick that I felt like it could have gone somewhere, but they just, I don't, they just completely just cut it off. Well, Wade Barrett, 
Bad news, Barrett. I've got some bad news for you. Well, then he became Duke. King Barrett. Yeah. And then he just kind of left the WWE. Yeah, he's uh, doing movies now. Yeah. He's, uh, well, in, over in the UK, a lot of like action films and straight to DVD stuff mm-hmm. and whatnot. But hey, he's working. Yeah. But but there's not there's not a big wrestler I can think of today outside of maybe Becky Lynch that is not rolling off of something from the early two thousands or before. That that her man gimmick, like it came natural. Yeah, well, and it's even like even even the man part of that is taken from something else. It was taken from the Shawn Michaels and Ric Flair thing, which uh, the, to be the man you got to beat the man. Yeah, yeah, yada yada yada. Which that's fine. She doesn't rely so heavily on Ric Flair. Charlotte used to, and it's not even like Charlotte relied on Ric Flair. It was like the WWE went here's Ric Flair and his daughter Charlotte. Well, you remember when they were like. She's Charlotte Flair. Then they took off Flair. Then they're like, she's Charlotte. Then they're like, she's Charlotte Flair. And by the way, she's going to wear the robes too. And don't get me wrong. And she, even her music is just a, like an emulation of her dad's. But know? she pulls it off. I, and that's that's fine. But what I'm, what I'm saying is the WWE wallows so much in what used to be. And that's, you know, that's that's why every year at the Royal Rumble, you're waiting for that one person who's like 10 years retired to come back, last three seconds, beat the crap out of the person who's on the lowest part of the totem pole, then get thrown out of the match. Was it this year at Mania, Jeff Jarrett, out of nowhere? Like, oh, why? Yeah. No, that's that's what I'm saying, though, is is I, I understand liking older wrestlers. But at the same time, their prime was a while ago. And when you're watching them now, it's not as great as it used to be. But the WWE wants you to feel like these 40 and 50-year-old men are beating up 20-year-old guys. You know, I mean, um, the Generation X came back for a while. And they were beating up the Ascension. Well, DX. But they were beating up the Ascension. And you're like, how? And then the Dudleys came back. And they were beating up the New Day and the Ascension. And you're like, wait, 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 wait. You're going backwards with your talent. You yeah. Know? But they I won't... think right now where we're at, especially champ-wise, I'm glad Kofi's champ. I'm glad Seth Rollins is champ. I'm... Kofi should have been champ like 20 years ago. But Let's it, was, be it, was, honest. It, was, it was really special, though, at Mania, when he got that. It, and his was. kids came in the ring. Uh-huh. And he didn't kiss him on the lip like someone else who was kind of creepy with that. <laughs> But, you know, and I'm glad John is off doing movies. You know, he's staying away. And before we go here, you know, I I wanted to talk to you about this because I was talking to somebody about it. And they're like, oh, still that John Cena is the worst thing that ever happened in the wrestling business and blah, blah, blah. And we've had many talks about this. Um, I, I don't understand why. Like, if you actually go back in his track record and look, yes, he was pushed. To the extent of like a Roman Reigns, but Cena got himself over. I was gonna say the difference between him and Reigns is that Cena has charisma and can actually like take a crowd's heat and turn it into something good. And that was the thing was you know when he was the master of thugonomics, he was he was doctor of thugonomics, <laughs> doctor of thugonomics. He was being you know he was being childish. He was being fun, and it's one of those things that watching him growing up at that age for us. That, that was our age group. And then you watch him when he evolved into just being John Cena. That was when we were getting older and we understood more about the, like, the storylines. And then he had that match against The Rock once in a lifetime. Which they did again. But... <laughs> Thrice in a lifetime. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's, it's his career 
he has the charisma and the strength and the work. Like, his freaking lie and hustle, loyalty, respect, like... I live by earns that. Those, well, he earns those things, too. He doesn't... He doesn't halfway his way through... I, I can't say through any matches, because I haven't watched all his matches. I have. But, I, I, I gotta tell you, he's a workhorse, but he has to get the right opponent. Like, well, that's, that's uh, CM anybody. Punk. Well, that's almost anybody, like... And the thing is, he... He doesn't work like the old guys used to, and he doesn't work like the young guys used to. Like, the old guys used to, like, plan their matches so thoroughly throughout. And I feel like John Cena's are mostly just like, yeah, let's have fun. Yeah, tell we me, our, the, tell me got, where you want to go. We got our spots that we're told to have throughout this. We know what our finish is. Let's have fun. Oh, and he evolves. He puts, remember, like, he was doing some things later, like, in his career where he was like doing spots like the younger kids were doing because he was evolving himself. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like he, when he, remember when he included uh, off the top rope that leg drop into the back of the head? Mm-hmm. It was a big thing. He's like, he kept on adding to his thing. He even and did a Stone Cold Stunner. The Springboard Stunner. The Springboard Stunner at one point. You're like, whoa, where the hell did that come from? Yeah. No, and it's, he, he has done something that a lot of older wrestlers don't do, including the Miz, where he has, Changed. He's evolved. Where the Miz, I know you like the Miz, but the Miz hasn't changed. The Miz has stayed the same, and that's John Cena doesn't like the Undertaker. Changed for a little bit, but that wasn't a great change for a lot of people. People people like American Badass. I love the American Badass gimmick so much. I liked it too, but it's one of those when you compare it to the Dead Man. Eh, I really like the Dead Man a lot more. But it's Dead because- Man Inc. Though. That Lord, was, what was that, Lord of Darkness, too? <laughs> like, Dude, he, he got to show up in his actual attire that he probably wore on a daily basis, but had wrestling boots underneath his clothes, his leather boots and whatnot. <laughs> I know. No, and that's 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 what I'm saying, though, is at least John Cena. John Cena didn't go through many changes after he came to the WWE because he didn't bring prototype into the WWE. <laughs> Uh yeah, no, he didn't bring no, because his first his first match was against um Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle and he came out as John Cena. He still had like the really slick or the really shaved down hair. I think prototype could be a gimmick that somebody could use. But they have to be like a douchebag, especially I love the aspect of when he's like blah 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 blah. You want me to put that in reverse? Blah 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 I'm like that is brilliant. <laughs> no, that's, I think that's one of those. He is one of the. He, his. He doesn't match certain wrestlers in certain things. He's not as charismatic as The Rock. He's not as as talented as a of a wrestler as some other people too. I would say Bret Hart was a, like in his prime was a more talented technical wrestler than John Cena was. Daniel Bryan is a very good technical wrestler. Where you know. And The Undertaker was probably a bigger spectacle wrestler. But he's still really high up on all of those lists as far as his ability, his talent, and all that stuff. And, I mean, I think people hate him because people like to hate the the popular thing. And he is the popular thing. I, what was that one? It was an, I think I have it, the John Cena experience, where he talks about it on the DVD. And uh, they put out that I Hate Cena shirt. And everyone bought the I Hate Cena shirt. And he's like... He goes, the most hated guy in the fucking company. And he goes, look at my, he pulls up the merch sales. He goes, number one. <laughs> all right. <laughs> then, like, people took pictures with him with the I Hate Cena shirt. They're all, like, smiling. He's just like. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think, I, and like I said, I think it's, 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 they hate the popular thing. So that's, that's where it goes is 
he people can give him crap all the time, but he's one of the most accomplished wrestlers in WWE. He's actually an okay movie star, which is another thing The Rock has over him. Well, yeah, they got to find that role. They need to quit putting him as uh, uh, the military guy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I'm, I'm kind of done with that whole aspect. Like, I hope in Fast and the Furious, he's like, like a dom. You know he, that, but I don't oh, want him. To, I don't no, want. I don't. I don't want him to be a dom. No, I don't want him to be a dom, but I want him to be somebody cool, not somebody who's like, oh, look, John Cena's a military guy again. I, I would have him closer if, we, if we're picking previously established characters to have him kind of be like. I'd prefer him to kind of be more like a, a Paul Walker, where you know he can have. I was. You know, I was a service person, kind of like cops, you know, but then you take him and just make him into a cool guy. I don't, I personally don't think he fits in with the Fast and Furious. Kind well, of they thing. only did that because of the Hobbs and Shaw movie and everyone was pissed off about the Hobbs and Shaw movie. And that hasn't Ty- come out yet. Uh, it's coming out this summer. I'm going to watch like, it. I don't think they came out yet. Why are you saying everyone's pissed off about the Hobbs and Shaw movie? No, no, they, uh, the Fast and Furious guys. Oh. Well, mainly Tyrese. Tyrese is... He got to be in the second one. Like, it was him in Paul Walker's movie. He can shut up. Yeah, he was like, oh my god, The Rock is taking their Fast and Furious franchise and blah, blah. I was like, yeah, because The Rock is smart. Yeah. He knows how... Well, it's it's Jason Statham, too. Jason Statham is a great action actor. And that's that's one of the things, like, Jason Statham entering as the villain. I was totally cool with that. And him coming back as the hero, I'm just like... No, but I like the fact that Idris Elba is the villain in this, and he's the black Superman they keep calling him. You you saw the trailer. I, I've seen the trailers a couple times, and I, I there are certain parts that I don't like about it. One is the fact that Roman Reigns is in the movie. The other is... <laughs> Come on, but that's awesome, though. Is, is the super cutting, though, of, I'm black Superman. And then just like, he is a black Superman. You're like, okay, I really hope... This is like near the beginning we hear him say that, and that's something he says at the end, and his response after that is, he he really is the black Superman, but I'm black kryptonite. And like, <laughs> then he does something. Yeah. Well, I like the black Superman line, I, but I just like Idris Elba. I mean, I, I enjoy Idris Elba too. I like the whole, uh, my favorite part in the trailer before we go is when they're going, he's like, no, that's your door. And he goes, no. He goes, <laughs> oh, no, you're right. That is your door. A lot of bad guys back there. Yeah. <laughs> and then when he's like slamming the dude, denied, denied. And the rock's like, boom, access. <laughs> no, I'm, I am looking forward to that movie. It's going to be a fun, it's going to be a fun buddy cop, not buddy cop movie. Yeah. So over the top and whatnot. Yeah. But uh, we're going to wind down here. Yeah. Good time. Mm-hmm. All right, ladies and gentlemen, remember to go to cplusstudios.com for all your C-plus needs. Also, go to tpublic.com. Our store is C-plus928, all one store. All, all one store. All. <laughs> it is all one store. All one name. Uh, C-plus928, tpublic.com. Uh, we have a bunch of shirts. We just added the Pop Flick shirt. Yay. Um. We also uh, got more designs up there. We got the uh, KMB uh, Fight Sexy Ninja Fight shirt. So many logos, so many designs. And it's not just t-shirts. It can be coffee mugs, anything you want. Also, go to shutter.com slash podcasts and use our promo code C plus C-P-L-U-S. You'll get a free 30 days on us. Also, don't forget, we have um, shows coming up. We'll have them on the website. You can also follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. 
Um, pretty much all social. We even have a Tumblr. We're about to get a Snapchat here soon. So much more to come. Also on YouTube, check it out. We have so much content on YouTube, <laughs> and there's only going to be more. Uh, I told everybody beforehand we're going to put. Uh, all the stuff pre-YouTube that we haven't put on on there. So a lot of flick stuff that's popping up. And if we're talking about something that sounds a little weird, <laughs> uh, we recorded a while back and now we're putting it up. Yeah, but, if, the, if the sound quality sounds a little off, we we also weren't recording on the best equipment at the time. We're, we're moving up, but yeah. we want to give you our old uh, franchise or uh, franchise uh, archive uh, stuff. Yeah, and also I, I've heard people are responding to them. Well, and also, real quick on that note, Pop and I are um, we're willing to do ones by request, but you just you got to give them to us, and you know, so we might have to watch it beforehand. <laughs> no, I would say we will have. Well, if it's a movie I've seen over and over, if it's again. a movie we've seen before, probably not. But if it's a movie that neither of us seen, we'll probably watch it before we do our pop. Uh, one request that I got, if you want me to mention it, um, it was a uh, Big Money Hustlers. And Big Money Rustlers, the Insane Clown Posse movies. Mm-hmm. That was one of the requests I got. So, uh. so so enough <laughs> to everyone out there. I'm not I'm not a a juggalo by, by any definition of the meeting. So this will be something that's kind of out of my water if we do decide to do that. Yeah. So, but uh, we we got like I said, there's a lot more content coming. Um, so just be ready. And I, I got the one feedback I got a lot of good. The one I got a lot of good feedback from is uh, Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know what? You guys want us to do more Star Wars? Pop and I could fight over Rogue One and The Last Jedi. Oh my goodness! Uh, all right, ladies and gentlemen, I am KMB, the sexy ninja, and on flicks. And you have a good day. And fuck your couch. <laughs>